The Red 78. Once we were back, we were back for a period That was when the televisions were in black and white, Quinn. Yeah, that's right, Yeah, Yeah. You had big buttons and no remote. Available every Wednesday. Don't miss a moment of action. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. Now, welcome along Tuesday evening. Great to have you with us. Joe Malloy in for the evening. Slight tangent makes a triumphant return this evening. Myself, Mick, Arthur and Will will have uh, an array of topics to tease through between 8 and 9. Anything you want us to discuss, 53106. You can get us at a slight tangent at offtheball.com if you want to email. We will have Jackie Oatley on the show this evening. She will tell us about the end for Bruno Lage at Wolves and the uh, control George Mendes exerts at the club. Tim Vickery on Neymar, amongst other footballers, and the Brazilian presidential election. Uh, plus, this hour, a report published last night has further exposed a culture of verbal and sexual abuse in the Women's Soccer League in the US. Jeff Carlisle of ESPN is with us to explain all. 53106, the text number. We are at Off The Ball on Twitter. Michael McCarthy here in studio. Hello. How are you, Joe? And Richie McCormick as well is on the line. Good evening. Lads, evening. George Mendes, uh, eight. And so he exerts a lot of control. We'll talk about this with Jackie Oatley later on. Eight Portuguese players in the starting 11 against West Ham. They're basically Portugal. Uh, but even George couldn't deny Nathan Collins worth signing. Kid, I don't like where you're from, but you're <laughs> bloody good, he said to Nathan Collins. Yeah, yeah. Is there, is there, can we, can we, can we Portuguese Portuguese uh, Nathan Collins in any way? Oh, yeah. To make him make him fit in there, I don't know, but uh, maybe what, what, what twist would you put in his name? I was, I'd see that's what I, I had immediately struggled. Collinge, and there you go, Collinge, perfect. Okay, perfect. There you go, Nathan Collinge. Look, uh, they are basically. I, I did enjoy when they had a kind of a. I think they had a third kit of uh, of of. of Portuguese jersey basically a Portugal jersey I'd with the wool that. sponsor I had missed that because I remember obviously Newcastle have the Saudi jersey now mm. as their away trip I'd missed the Portuguese wool's number which apparently was very popular with fans so it went down well yeah but what do you think about it in general it just feels weird it it's makes, weird. You, it makes so you feel weird. like a project rather than it's a football weird. club doesn't yeah, it I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be a fan but otherwise you're in the championship so just just bear in mind you have that sort of it, it's you're, a, you're at best a yo-yo club mm. but if not mid-table pushing for the playoffs Whereas now they've content, they've been in Europe. They're contending like, for Europe. I got it at the start, and when your club signs Ruben Neves because Mr. Mendes has funneled them your way, yeah. I'm all for it. But they're in the Premier League now. They're spending a hundred million in the summer. They can like look at players who aren't Portuguese. <laughs> surely, yeah, surely, <laughs> and not Nathan Collins. So uh, Tim Vickery is in the way after nine o'clock. Always a brilliant contributor on anything he's talking about. But this should be very interesting. The Brazilian presidential election on at the moment they had hoped uh, certainly um, opponents of Bolsonaro had hoped it would be done and dusted but Bolsonaro did better than expected against the uh, other guy who's the leftist uh, veteran the previous the former president, president yeah, yeah uh, Luis Inacio Lula da Silva or Lula as uh, he tends to be called or Lula as we probably call him in Ireland he's called Lula <laughs> even in Brazil he's Lula uh, so He's, uh, they have to go again. There's going to be a runoff between the two of them because Bolsonaro got 43% to Lula's 48%. So there's a presidential runoff. But uh, several footballers, the likes of Neymar, very involved, releasing videos of support for Bolsonaro. Uh, Ronaldinho, a supporter. Rivaldo, a supporter. Lucas Mora at Spurs, big uh, Bolsonaro man. And so Tim will explain all. Quite an interesting thing has happened. Uh, Bolsonaro 
Well, I guess as these uh, far-right nationalist types do, he's very much uh, hijacked the flag and he's also made a point, and he did it in his uh, 2018 campaign, of hijacking the Brazilian jersey. So the wonderful yellow jersey that is beloved by the world, not just Brazil. One in five Brazilians say they will not wear a Brazil shirt now because it's so associated with Bolsonaro. And Nike will not permit you to buy a Brazil jersey and put Bolsonaro on the back. Wow. So it's quite kind of interesting the extent to which football and politics has intertwined here. Yeah, and look, we'll hear more from Tim about it, but I suppose one of the things that's disappointing to me is... And this, look, I mean, that's obviously giving away how I feel about these things, but, you know, like, Bolsonaro is often very compared with Donald Trump and is somebody that uses Trump's playbook an awful lot, but Trump tried to kind of hijack sport in the early days. But, you know, we had the Tom Brady and Belichick thing coming up to the election and so on, and there has been certain people all the way through that were very Trumpian. But in general, American sport, especially basketball and the NBA, really stood up to it. Mm. And Trump's reaction was like a baby, you know, like and, and, and throw his, threw his toys out of the pram, uninviting teams to the White House and so on. It just feels like whether he's done it in a he's actually done it in a systematic way with effort rather than just Trump's way of just throwing things out there or it's something else but the likes of Neymar and it it almost doesn't matter after Neymar but there's plenty more there have come on board Mm. and allowed this to become a thing Mm. you know allowed him to hijack the flag and the jersey and so on because if Neymar's standing up to him yeah you know yeah it doesn't work texting saying is it lads is it like putting Bertie on the back of a Man United jersey says uh, Tony yeah, it is, yeah. It's exactly like that. Yeah, yeah which, uh, which <laughs> Adidas have banned as well, I hear, yeah. Well, it's a, remember Bertie was on... Sa- Premiership, Premier. yeah. Was Premiership, was it? Yeah, it I think it was called the Premiership, Premiership at the time. It later became Premier Soccer Saturday. Yeah. I don't remember much of it. I just remember coming away with the feeling it had been disappointing. It's on reeling in the years, I believe. And it's like, what a, what a brilliant decision. It's on YouTube, decision. I think, in full. Yeah, is, is it? it? Yeah, I'll, 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 must, I'll, must I'll check that out. Well, listen, that's a whole slot somewhere. Yeah. The fact that it's on reeling in the years is a, is, is a testament to that show, which is supposed to capture a moment in time. And a guy running for election as Taoiseach, being able to turn up on a football show and be asked questions about Manchester United's tactics by Eamon Dunphy <laughs> is a perfect moment in time. <laughs> Yeah, when you say it like that. So groupy though. <laughs> we uh, should press on. We're slightly tight-ish for time this evening on the news round. It is brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. I've neglected to mention, Richie, it is uh, Champions League evening, amongst other things. Yep. I had to double-check this fact uh, a couple of times just to make sure it was right, but yeah. indeed it is right. Liverpool meet Rangers for the first time in a competitive match ever tonight. Anfield is the venue for their Champions League Group A encounter, and it looks like Jurgen Klopp, as well as making a trio of changes, has opted for a change in formation. The back five is unchanged. It's Alisson in goal, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Jean Matip, Virgil van Dijk and Costas Tsimikas. Then in midfield, you've got the duo of Thiago and Jordan Henderson in front of them, a trio of Mo Salah, Diogo Jota and Luis Diaz with Dar- Aaron Nunez coming in to lead the line. For Rangers, Alan McGregor is in goal. They've got a back five of James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, Ben Davies, ex of Liverpool, of course, Leon King and Borna Barisic. John Lundstrom and Stephen Davis are in midfield and Malik Tillman and Ryan Kent, also ex of Liverpool, uh, flank Alfredo Morelos up top. Kickoff at Anfield is at eight. And at the same time in that group, Ajax face Napoli. See, he's done it again. He has done it again. This is Pat Nevin just doing Pat Nevin things. The amount of times that man over the last decade has said to me, just watch out the next few weeks. I have a hunch that mm. 
says something and then several weeks later I say, oh, you were right about that. So last night he was on and this is why like he's such a, he's so brilliant and so smart and, you know, he never says things to clickbait people in and I, I feel he's underappreciated almost by the You're going to be very lucky if I don't put this under a bed of some sort of loving music I have ah, to say of wow. the next. But. Go for it. <laughs> Pat Nevin last night was talking about Liverpool and the Reels. I gave him, we were tight for time, one question about Liverpool and I was picking out, you know, different aspects. And he said, you know, I just think the way their midfield is at the moment, the smart, I, I know Jürgen loves that formation. Just watch, next couple of weeks, I think he'll go 4-2-3-1. I think he'll switch formation and that could solve a lot of their problems. And uh, here he is less so than it is. 24 hours later. Less than 24. So imagine how brilliantly Nevin must see the game. Nobody else I'd heard say that because I was obviously listening to every podcast across Monday morning and prepping the way I usually do. Nobody else suggested Humble this. Brag. Sorry, I didn't mean like that. I mean the breath. This is about Nevin. I listened to everything I could. <laughs> nice one. Everything I could. And not one person said Liverpool will go to a 4-2-3-1. Nevin comes on and says, I just think that's how we'll do it. And, and the manager so they, of... So they have. We're talking about like Jurgen Klopp here, you know, like this, this guy knows the game as well. So uh, I'm labouring the point now, but bloody no, but hell, a, Pat it, Nevin. Quality. Absolutely. Look, I, I, you don't have to convince me on Pat Nevin and his quality, but... Uh, I'm interested to see how they'll play because it's a very different... Like, In some ways, it looks attacking in that you've got the four guys in, but how is that giving them extra legs in midfield unless you're sacrificing Salah and Diaz a little bit? You know, I don't know. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying that in some ways you're looking at that as as 4-2-4. Yeah, I think think the point is you'll just have those two sitting and giving more protection to a back four and there'll be less onus on them to press further up because you've got four players ahead of them who can go and do that a bit more. Yeah. So it's it's slightly less aggressive, but it should give them a bit more safety at the back. Interesting to see what, what that means then as well for the high line and for Alexander Arnold and Simicast as well. Yeah. I just, I just—it's actually fascinating. It's just like I'm not tactics Joe, but I will be watching this game with some interest tonight in in that in that way. You know, I think that Liverpool have such a standard and set way of playing that we're all so so familiar with yeah. that, that for them to change it up, I'm just fascinated to see how that team op- operates in a different way. Yes, it's a change of uh, six years of doing things. So um, that's Liverpool this evening. Spurs are in Germany. Yeah, they're looking to get their Group D campaign back on track following their defeat away to Sporting. Antonio Conte's side taking on Eintracht Frankfurt tonight. Interestingly, Conte going with the same 11 that was beaten by Arsenal in the North London Derby at the weekend. Hugo Lloris in goal, back three then of Clement Longley, Eric Dyer and Christian Romero. Across the midfield, it's Emerson Royale, Pierre-Emil Hoiberg, Rodrigo Bentancur and even Perisic. And then Richarlison and Hyungmin Son are in support of Harry Kane. The other game in that group was supposed to kick off at 5.45, but it was delayed by 15 minutes as Sporting arrived late. It's currently Marseille 3, Sporting 1, and is being played out behind closed doors due to crowd trouble that marred Eintracht's visit to the Stade Velodrome last month. Sporting should note as well. Also down to 10 men. Inter host Barcelona in the star-studded Group C tonight. That kicks off at 8 at the San Siro. There's a 5.45 start at the Allianz, where Bayern Munich lead Victoria Plisson by five goals to nil. Leroy Sc- Sané has scored twice. Sadio Mane, Serge Gnabry and the evergreen Eric Maxim Choupo-Moting have gotten the others. And Club Brugge will look to continue their perfect start to Group B tonight as they host Atletico Madrid. The Belgians yet to drop a point or indeed concede a goal. The other game pits Porto against Bayer Leverkusen. Club Brugge. Yeah, that's that's been going on a while now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm still a Bruges man, but I, I am wrong. Do you want to watch so. In Brugge 
I do. I, I love In Bruges. <laughs> what a great film. Arthur was just talking about that the other day, actually. Uh, how tree, did Sporting... That trio, that trio have a new movie yet, don't they? McDonough oh, yeah. with Farrell and Gleeson. Yes. Yeah? yeah? I don't know much more about it than that. I dare say it'll be good. You would like to think so? You can't really go wrong with those three. No. They have a bit of chemistry, it's fair to say. Mark McDonough is a very, very good filmmaker. Um, how did Sporting arrive late to a game that was played behind closed doors and doesn't have any crowd there? Unless there were fans outside the way they protest gather at these things yeah. I take your That's point it. it's like it's it, and it, uh, yeah and it's also rush air traffic in Marseille which I doubt is much crack whether or not there's a game on so yeah but I think your point stands Mick it's, thank you, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm not sure what they were playing just, at just two two surprising things uh, that happened that don't necessarily correlate uh, Shamrock Rovers then under 19s Rich yeah, they're looking to add an air of respectability to their UEFA Youth League tie with AZ. They trailed by five goals to nil after the first leg in Alkmaar a couple of weeks ago. Kickoff at Tallis Stadium coming up at 7.45. Meanwhile, the Republic of Ireland under-19s began their women's Euro qualification campaign with a one-all draw against group hosts Poland today. Jesse Stapleton scored the Ireland goal. The next group game is against Northern Ireland, and that's on Friday. The North were hammered 5-1 by group favourites France earlier today. Now, we have all-star nominations and no surprises that Mead lead the way. Yeah, 13 nominees in all for them amongst the 45 that have been shortlisted for this year's TG Cahar Ladies Football All-Stars. Kerry receive 11 nods following a year in which they reached the All-Ireland Final and won Division 2. Six Donegal players make the shortlist, as do five from Mayo and four from Ulster Champions Armagh. The team of the year will be revealed on November 19th. Meanwhile, Davey Nelson is set to succeed. Eamon Murray as Meath manager, the former Navano Matneys and Meath Under-21 boss, was recommended by the Meath LGFA Executive Committee. He'll be joined by former Monaghan footballer Bernie Murray and former Carlo Hurling captain Mark Brennan. That's subject, of course, to ratification by the county board. I always think it's tough when you're the All-Ireland champions and you get the nominations come out and it's like 13 or 14. It's like, it's like surely they could all get the nomination. But, uh, you know, I, th- I, was, I don't know whether it was Limerick or Kerry, but one of them had 14 nominations this year and you're thinking, ah, God, that's, that's one starter just completely left on his own, sitting at home crying back in Kerry on All-Star Night. I would say the WhatsApp group fallout is brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Sympathy yeah. none, not so uh, thirteen of the me girls nominated, uh, like two starters yeah. in the All Ireland final. Just going, what do I have to do? I'm so underappreciated. Yeah. Uh, now, Richie, I know you're all over this Emerging Ireland tour. Loving it. Simon Easterby has named an all new starting fifteen for tomorrow's meeting with the Pumas. Connacht flanker Keen Prendergast will captain the team from the blind side. The team in full sees Connacht's Shea Mullins start a fullback. On the wings then are Ulster's Ethan McElroy and Leinster's Andrew Smith. The French-born Ant- Antoine Frisch starts in a green jersey for the first time, forming a centre partnership with Kyle Ford from Connacht. There's an all-Ulster halfback partnership of Jake Flannery and Michael McDonald, not the singer, sadly. In the front row, Ulster loose head Callum Reid is joined by Munster pair Dermot Barron and Roman Salam Noah. Cormac is a Chukwu and Brian Deeney are in the second row with John Hodnett of Munster on the open side and Leinster's James Colhan at number eight with Prendergast on the blind side. 4pm start to that one tomorrow. There's a text in. Lads, what topics are on a slight tangent this evening? I don't know. What's our policy? We don't tend to this is like we, advertise. We don't tend to advertise. Um, will we give one? I don't I can't remember any of them. That's, that's how little... Like, we just come on and talk. Like. No, we don't. We spent, we spent half, 45 minutes there trying to prep. Um, well, there were a few. You don't want to give your good stuff away in the room, you know? Yeah. Or you haven't made it up yet, in my case. I'm going to jot it down here. Okay. What's the hot topic? 
Um, Has there ever been an athlete like Erling Haaland? Yeah, that didn't seem that that didn't grab me that much. But I think we should <laughs> talk about it because it's just the story of the week. There was somebody complaining about Manchester United fans leaving a match at half time and fans who leave early generally. I thought that was worth a mention. Oh yeah, there that was Andy Mitten. There was the story in Offaly, but I think it's a, it's a wider point whereby some players underage are part of the Offaly under 14 development squad missed a training session because they had a massive soccer game they wanted to play and so they were cut from the squad. It wasn't because they played soccer. If they'd been going to a theatre rehearsal or in band practice, they also would have been cut. It wasn't a, my God, a garrison game. Mm -hmm. But I suppose the issue was they missed a, an important training session. And I think you were, the, the rest of us in the room were a touch like, oh, look at a certain level and a certain age and it gets serious and the other 25 lads are all training. Maybe that's the commitment required for, you know, inter-county development squad level. But you felt, surely we can accommodate. A, yeah, a, I don't know if we want. I don't know about this specific instance because we'll go into it. Obviously, as a, as an Offaly man, he'll tell you exactly what happened there and and what the circumstances were and whether the players asked permission and so on. Right, but in general, I think we have to be able to accommodate a, a children, which is what under fourteen players are, into trying as much as they can in their lives now I do I know there has to be limits on that yeah. but I feel like as a society and sport loves like it, sport leads the way on this we try and pigeonhole people at a very very young age um, in lots of different ways and I think it should be just avoided when at all possible you know and I think playing uh, FAI Cup matches this was with your mates that you've grown up with is an important thing and a training session with a team that ultimately is an under-14 team, whether it's county or not, it, it shouldn't supersede that, for me, anyway. I think that, I don't think we need to be worried about which sport is which. Coaches should be looking at things not as, are we going to win the game, but as, who's are all the people involved getting the most out of the experience? Yeah, That's my opinion, and I actually think that I'm in the minority, at least in our group. I think you are in our group, yeah. And then the other thing, this is not an especially original thought of mine. It's not my thought at all. I heard it, I think I first heard it on the, the No Lane Up Golf podcast, but they, they will often, you know, when, we're, it's, when you watch sport on TV, it's so difficult for us to really understand how brilliant they all are because everything is relative. And so it was, uh, Nick Harris had the tweet, and this often comes up when there's a big marathon, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, Nick Harris had tweeted, if you want to recreate Kipchoge's London marathon win at the gym, then you get on the treadmill and if, you're, um, if your treadmill does your speed in kilometres per hour, then you put it to 20.6. Or if your treadmill does it in miles, go to 13.1 miles uh, per hour. So let's say it's kilometres. You have to go to 20.6 and you have to run that for two hours, two minutes and 38 seconds. <laughs> Which okay. to those of us who are on a treadmill routinely, that just seems scary. And I was thinking it would be such a great thing if, in Olympic sports or where possible we have the everyman or every woman out there so by that I mean Rich the 100 <laughs> metres is on the, the world final and you have your eight lanes Stop. but you have a ninth lane and in no, that ninth like lane somebody has yeah. you have is, I mean is I, Joe Soap yeah. Joe Soap so a Joe Soap who you know might go, might go to the gym twice a week but also like drinks twice a week and has a takeaway at least once a week and has an right. office job and this they're part of the race so you can really appreciate the speed so you, ju you just want somebody you just want somebody there for scale it's like when scale. somebody 
is selling something online and there's a, and there's like a hole in it, but they put like a penny beside it to yeah. show you that. Ah, look, the hole's actually tiny. Yeah, you'll barely notice it at all. Because so you need somebody there to just go. Correct. This is what every man can do, and this is what these absolute freaks who are amazing can do. Because if they're all running at the same super fast, then no one's running super fast. We need the every man in there or every woman, depending. And I I want this. And that's gonna that. that's gonna play havoc with the camera shot. Yeah, I know. But there'll be a you know it'll be fun to when they all cross the line and then you're like one two three four get to nine ten there he is he just crossed this, this, is, the interview. this is giving me yeah i think give me ptsd to when we used to run the bogeys in secondary school and i'd be coming home paddy last as well yeah I'd be like, ah, he came home last this uh, this so is yeah, a no. this is a television masterstroke if i do say so and again i've i've heard this tire <laughs> elsewhere imagine the high jump where like they do their thing and then yeah, we one just of us out in the first round to, yeah but one of us has to keep going like so they keep going <laughs> so higher, higher, higher the way higher. to the final you just you're, keep humiliating you're them. in the final remember the two lads who shared the Olympic medal there'd be a third every man there also trying to jump it stop it <laughs> do you not think that'd be great but sure, I'm barely, like, I'm barely it, getting up onto the mat <laughs> yeah yeah I'd, I'd like to see some Joe Soap who's never done it before try to pole vault pole well, vault to be out in safety I mean you'd have to I'd, have to I'd only club. like to see them do that if they were mic'd no, they have to be Jesus! mic'd the whole time. Jesus! As they go the <laughs> oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus! <laughs> you don't want them to die. You get, for, that, for the See, more I always stuff, wonder, how do you try to pole vault for the first time ever? I don't know. Like, what's, like, you know, like, that is a, Probably you, on a that is high. I'd say, I would imagine, maybe we should do a piece in this tonight, but I would imagine on a smaller pole vault and then you build up in length. You build up to the big huge one. Because you could handle a, a one the same size as yourself initially. <laughs> But it's not going to give you much spring. No, you wouldn't. So then yeah. there wouldn't be much danger. <laughs> I would like to know, actually. I have often thought of it. Yeah, no, I've never same. searched for the answer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, look. <laughs> That's a slight tangent, lads. <laughs> that, that, I think, we can explore what sports it would work especially well in. Obviously, okay. you couldn't have it in soccer. <laughs> it would probably ruin the game, just yeah. some sap lying around. like yeah, you yeah. know. But a lot of Olympic sports would lend themselves to it. Uh, the Tour de France. Yeah. Imagine Again. the aerial shot there. Jesus. <laughs> it's like, but do you it's, still, like, are they so timed the by the same that. rules? So you're still timed out and stuff? Like, I know, yeah. they, they, you make certain yeah. allowances, but it's, it, it, the, the purpose is to show how great the great are. Yeah. And if you, if you keep that at the forefront of your production values. Be, I think it needs to be in things like 100 metres and things yeah. that are short, sharp shocks. Like, do you know what? Velodrome cycling. Yeah. Would be probably even better than the Tour de France. Like, yeah. Yeah. Get you there on your mountain bike following the yeah. last round. <laughs> Just fall it off constantly, oh, like yeah. I think, I think, because otherwise, you watch back to the original point. You watch Kipchoge and the lads running the marathon, and they look they're, they're it's like they're out for a trot, and then you realise they're going at twenty point six kilometers per hour for two hours. See, <laughs> Just the, the, the thing about that is, like, the the, the 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 technology exists now where you can have like a phantom, you know, computer generated person running at that speed, yeah, run alongside them. They, they, I do admire your do your. You're sheer avarice to have somebody humiliated on international stage. <laughs> they'd be well compensated. I mean, that's, that's, no, no, no. We'd, that's dedication. We'd, we'd pay them well and they'd be famous. They'd do interviews afterwards about what it was like. Yeah, they do have the world record line often in, in those long uh, yeah. endurance sports kind of in, in the distance. But no, I, I want a real person, red-faced, blowing hard, just to give us a, a sense of... Justin asking, can he drive the uh, Spa Formula One race in his 08 Volvo? Or do you get like do you get the good car? That's really the dream, though, isn't Formula, it? Formula One. Just drive tricky. a Formula One track in your Fiat Punto. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you do Formula One with safety. Yeah. No, yeah, I don't think it would be very safe. Yeah. 
Mm. Um, but still funny. But but I'm not. We explore the idea though. That's not ruled it out. There might be a way <laughs> to do it. Like there could be a safety, like a cycle lane in effect. Yeah, all the way around the track where we're just going around. <laughs> Uh, no? Sorry to jump in on yes, sir, we got to wrap this show, up. This but uh, it's normally long. your job. But Dave and me captures uh, what I feel like very strongly, which is I'd get lapped if I ran in the Olympic hundred meter. Final. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All that, uh, Richie. We have time for one more story, very quickly, if you don't mind. Yeah, Connacht director of rugby Andy Friend says Jack Carty could be in contention for Friday's derby with Munster. The Ireland out half hasn't played since undergoing wrist surgery during the summer. Meanwhile, Friend has voiced his concerns with the ever-growing length of some matches and I touched upon this on Monday Night Rugby last night with Jerry and Liam and he believes the stop-start nature of the sport it needs to be rectified. Yeah, I'm seeing, honestly, uncharacteristic errors from, from players that um, normally don't make those. Uh, I'm also seeing a really stop-start affair in all the games that we've had. You know, we, we pride ourselves on being a team that wants to play fast. Well, I think... We've had an average of about 33 minutes of football in the first three games, um, which is way too low. We were we sat at 35 and a half or 36 last year. So, um, and, and we've played against you know two teams in the Stormers and the Bulls, um, respectfully that that they like to play a reasonably open brand of footy. But we've had you know a penalty count of 36 in the last game, not not against us, 21 to opposition, 15 against us. So. Um, yeah, the games are so stop-starty, mate, and you, we just can't get flow. And then, and then with that flow, we're then making the errors. So, um, yeah, I, 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 there's a frustration around that. We then get players trying to to create something and possibly come a little bit off script, which maybe throws other people out. Um, so there's an energy desire to fix the thing, but we just need to be really collective with that. And and I'm comfortable and confident that we'll get there. Geez, I hope so, mate. <laughs> you, you don't want to, you know, you, you, we can't ask for a, a, a bigger game. Our first game at home, a brand new pitch in front of family and friends and and against Munster. You know, what, what else What else do you want? Um, ideally, we'd like a couple of wins sitting behind us, but we don't have that. We had a, you know, I thought what was a, a really good performance in a pre-season game against Sale where we showed, you know, some really positive elements of our rugby and our our fight. Um, I've seen that fight in in uh, the last couple of games, which has been really positive to see. But we need to be more than that. We need to be accurate. We need to be. Uh, we need to keep showing that fight, and we need to try and tie those two things together on Friday night. Andy, friend, there. We are out of time. Richie, thank you. Nice and Cheers, Mick. I'll see you later. See you soon, Joe.